Welcome to the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. Weekly, we will be interviewing amazing chiropractors from around the world, finding out how they made their vitality shift. If you're a chiropractor that either wants to just move your practice away from treating pain and conditions, or if you just want to stay inspired, this podcast is for you. For more information on past shows, please visit www.drdonmcdonald.com, and I hope you enjoy the show. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Vitality Shift Podcast for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I'm heading off to Bangkok. Um, this next guest, um, uh, I think one of his people reached out to me about being on the podcast, and I looked further into him, and it was very, very interesting. Uh, a, a retired stock trader investor um, has some problems with vision, which um, I just turned 50. So I'm starting to notice that little hard time challenging with distances. And I've heard so many chiropractors talk before about once they had that problem with the distance, they got glasses. And then within a year or so, their vision's just wrecked. And, uh, and so I've been holding off. And I think I got my eyes checked about a year or two ago and gave me a prescription for uh, for glasses. And I just didn't fill it because I was like, one day something's going to pop into my hands where maybe we all know about the neuroplasticity of the brain and, and maybe there's something I can learn. And so this kind of popped into my world and I thought this was pretty, pretty amazing. So uh, our guest is uh, Jake Steiner. He's uh, he's like I said, he's a stock trader. He, he kind of got into this with his own, from his own story. And then he spent a lot of time researching this and, and now he does this full time. And, uh, and I'm really excited to get into this story about uh, kind of how you learn how to improve your vision naturally as, as, as us chiropractors are, we're all about naturally improving and optimizing function. And, and we're talking a little bit about posture and how it's all related. So I'm just really excited to get into this conversation. So Jake, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Don. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's cool. So why don't you tell a little bit, the listeners a little bit more about kind of um, just like your story of how you kind of got into this topic and, uh, and then we'll kind of dive right into the nuts and bolts of it. Sure. And first I'll cover this tiny bit, myopia, nearsightedness or short-sightedness, same thing. Um, the terms vary depending on where you're from, where you live. It's basically when you can't see clearly far away. And um, I mean, almost 20 years ago now, I was wearing minus five Doptic glasses, really thick glasses. And um, my vision had stabilized, but then at some point I, I went to an optometrist and they said, you need stronger glasses. And I said, why? And he said, it's genetic. It's just what it is. And that was the first time I was, I needed more glasses since I was a, a teenager. So it wasn't like my parents making decisions for me. And I said, genetic does not make sense here. Right? Like that just doesn't make sense. Like I'm not a geneticist, but I know enough about the basic premise. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. So this was before Google Scholar. So I went to libraries and I looked it up and it turns out it's very simple. Uh, what actually causes short-sightedness and it's not at all genetic. It's kind of shocking. Um, and from there, I made some guesses on how to reverse it. That's that's kind of a little bit of an out there topic, but it took me a number of years and now I have 2020 eyesight. I don't need glasses or contact lenses or anything. So it's kind of amazing and it's grown from just me to me ranting in a remote blog on the internet to today. We've got a fairly big audience and it's turned into a whole thing somehow. 
Mm, that's cool. How are you? Well, again, it's, I, uh, I've interviewed probably over a hundred chiropractors over the last few years. And most of us are chiropractors because of our own experience, because we had challenges and we're frustrated with the way that the regular model for dealing with health is. So it's pretty cool to, uh, to, to, to see someone uh, do something because of their own challenges, right? It's kind of, you had your own void, which kind of came up with your own solution. So, so yeah, tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. Um, uh, the Google scholar thing is it like, like we say, we're not really giving advice on, cause we're not, you're not optometrists, but it's more like a, a, a self story. It's kind of like a testimonial of what you've kind of learned on your own. Yeah. So it's amazing for anyone. Whenever I find a weird thing online that sounds kind of far-fetched as this definitely does, Google Scholar is my first destination because unlike regular Google, Google Scholar only shows you science, <laughs> clinical research, peer-reviewed studies. Doesn't make it true, but it's a, a really great starting point to go, what's there to this? Has this been studied? Right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's, it's an amazing resource. So... When people hear about this, and I usually say it's a hundred billion dollar a year industry, and they tell you you're somehow genetically defective, and it's not true, right? For me, that's a that's immediately a red flag. You go, oh, this guy's right. an optometrist. What's he talking about? What's he selling? So, you go to scholar.google.com, and you type in pseudomyopia. Pseudo meaning not real, and myopia, of course, nearsightedness, and you're going to get tens of thousands of results of only clinical studies, peer-reviewed science, real stuff, right? Again, Mm -hmm. doesn't make it true. But you see really quickly that it's mostly optometry and ophthalmology journals, curiously. So the academia side of this enterprise knows this, that your nearsightedness started as a muscle spasm. And you know, I I thought this was a great mix with the chiropractor audience. There's a a circular muscle in the eye called the ciliary that moves the lens. And the lens, of course, changes the focal plane. So when you look at something up close, that muscle's really tight. And it's not really designed to be really tight for 10 hours a day plus your recreational close-up use. So eventually that muscle spasms. And that's pseudomyopia. Another term is near-induced transient myopia. If you use that in Google Scholar, you also get a lot of search results. Very easy to find. The actual cause of the thing is a muscle spasm. Until you buy glasses, that's what you're dealing with. Mm. And yeah, so because in chiropractic, we always talk about tone. And, uh, you know, we, we say like our nervous system, we can be in a, in a sympathetic fight or flight state or repair something like rest and repair state. And, uh, and if someone's in a chronic stress pattern, their whole physiology is in a tension, is increased tension. And if it stays like that too long, it stays like that. So it actually shortens up. So it totally makes sense. The same thing would be happening in your eye. We always talk about after an adjustment, our goal is to get the body more to a state of ease. And so I'm, I'm assuming, because I haven't, I haven't heard about your program, but, I, but I'm, I'm assuming your goal is to get that muscle back into a state of ease. <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really, uh, all our stuff is free. Like there's no need to buy anything because the solution is just, incredibly simple. It's it's really two pieces. The one piece is close-up strain, that muscle being super tight all the time, especially if you're wearing glasses because the glasses are meant for distance vision. Now you're wearing them for close-up vision. So you're increasing that muscle strain even further. And that's over time, not a great thing. So the first step really is to reduce that muscle strain 
And then the second step is to add a little bit of stimulus to challenge your eyes very slightly. Mm, that's cool because we, and, and I don't think it's necessarily exercises, right? Because I think, um, like I've heard of before, some pro- programs where you're like trying to focus on different spots and kind of strengthen the muscles around your eyes. Tell no, you absolutely. Look. No need, no need. Because the thing is, it's, I'm lazy, right? Like I got plenty of other stuff to do. So <laughs> eye exercises to me are just not, I don't have space for that in my life. And besides that, what we found is that habit changes are much more effective. Like solve the underlying problem instead of trying to do some random thing that doesn't address causality, right? Like a lot of these eye exercises, my question is always, what, what cause does this address? Like how is it, what problem is it fixing? And that's our approach, right? Like I'm saying, address the close-up habit problem. So you don't need to do any exercises. If you move the screen a little bit further, the muscle relaxes a bit. Or if you buy a weaker pair of glasses for your close-up use, much more effective than an exercise. Great. So because, yeah, you want to get, you, you want, well, it's just like everything. We want our body to be able to be forced to adapt a little bit more to the environment. And that's why I suppose as you get stronger glasses, it, it requires less of your eye to adapt. So it becomes weaker. Is that kind of the idea? Kind of. So there's, you go to Google Scholar, again, my favorite, and you type in lens-induced myopia. And I recommend this all the time because otherwise, you, it's hard to believe that this is true. Mm-hmm. The, your myopia, your short-sightedness is actually caused by the treatment, by the lens. So initially, it's just a muscle spasm. And for most, most, most people, that stays very low myopia. You'd wear minus one diopter that would fix it, right? But the problem is the eye is a fluid-filled ball and it's never perfect, right? So it has a built-in mechanism to adjust its length all the time, right? Because fluid-filled ball in human biology, it's not, it's just not static. So this built-in mechanism looks at where does the light hit on the retina. I'm oversimplifying this, but basically that. And then it adjusts its axial length based on that. And what happens with glasses, when you put the lens in front of your eye, the lens moves the light further back in your eye, compensate for the muscle spasm. But now the eye gets a signal, it's called hyperopic to focus, that makes the eyeball elongate. Mm -hmm. And that's lens-induced myopia. That's why as soon as you go get glasses, Next year, you need stronger glasses. And the year after, you need strong glasses because a perfectly healthy eye is adjusting in length from the signal of the lenses. Like all the time, normally. All the time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's interesting. So so when you uh, first discovered this stuff, did you just experiment with a bunch of different things? Because I know you said it's just kind of two main things. Tell us a little bit about some of the stuff you experimented. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing worked. In the first, I just bought books like everything, right? Like this is old timey before massive internet stuff. I just bought all the Improve Your Eyesight books I could find. Um, and again, like my background is analysis. What I do, the way I make money and not lose a whole lot of money is looking at facts and truths as opposed to stories, right? Like, so right. for me, it was a thing where I'm like, just. I'm good at that, right? Like it's kind of, I definitely am not a doctor. I'm not an optometrist, but I'm good at doing the research. And I found that that's, right? Like that's where it starts. And then most of those books don't address, and it's, I have a really big problem when, when a solution doesn't address the problem. Tell me right. about the problem first and then tell me how you fix it. Don't just tell me, here's a pill, 
right? Like, do I have a deficiency? Do I need this pill? What's going on? Right. Most books were missing that. And I still tried it because I'm like, well, if I found the book, I'll try it. Didn't work. Mm-hmm. So then I went back further and I went back to this axial change thing where the eyes adjust to the lenses. And this is very much a fringe topic. It's not well scientifically researched. But my guess was if I wear weaker glasses, the eye will readjust in the opposite direction as it mm-hmm. does. Right? Like right. there's plenty of science showing that the eye adjusts in both directions. It's not age related. It's not growth. It's an adjustment. And my guess was, oh, we're weaker glasses. They're going to adjust in the opposite direction. And that was like the first guy who thought about going to the gym to get stronger lifting rocks, right? Like it was very <laughs> imprecise. I made a million tiny mistakes in my assumptions, but ultimately it worked. Right? I reduced way too much. I I missed a lot of things that over the last 20 years, other people figured out and we all put together. But that was the basic approach, weaker glasses. And eventually my sight improved, adjusted. That's, uh, and, and how did, so, because you do you have like, uh, is it like an institute that you have right now or do you just have a big a group of people that you talk to? Like, how did that start to develop? Like when you started helping other people with that? So it was first just random, just friends going, hey, what are you doing, right? And then I have, friends that are in industries where eyesight is important, like pilots and stuff. And so the conversation became a little bit more focused and it took a long time to get from weaker glasses to the refinement that we have today. But as the thing started growing, more people tried other various little ideas. A lot of them didn't work, but some of them did. So I always say I'm the librarian of this whole thing. So it's like a think tank almost, right? It is. It's, yeah. it's cumulatively me putting stuff out and then people trying it and then people trying other stuff. And then I get the feedback. Today, at this point, it is very effective. Like we're at a point where you can reduce by adopter a year, three to four months, every three to four months, you can get lower power glasses. Works for most people, right? But that took a really long time to get to a point where it works across a lot of demographics and lifestyles and everything else. That's cool. So again, the chiropractors are going to catch on to this really fast because it totally makes sense because we're all about the cause. Um, and again, just in general, just sometimes to defend medicine is usually the whole idea of medicine is to treat conditions or diseases with drugs or surgery. And in order to diagnose a condition or disease, they have to have symptoms. And so it's always still based on the symptoms, not on the cause. <laughs> so it's, it's hard because a lot of the questions they ask will never come to that answer because they're always looking for a treatment for the symptom. So all of our people listening are already going to be on board. So the first thing, again, good old chiropractor, what we're going to say is like, tell us, tell us. So for me, for example, I, I just turned 50. Uh, I can tell I'm not seeing signs as like farther away. I'm having a harder time reading them. Um, if we're in a, in a, my wife's uh, making fun of me because we go to a restaurant or something and they have like a menu board up on the top. I'm kind of like squinting a little bit more. Um, Tell me just some steps that we can start with with this process. So two two separate things there. If you're, hey man, you look a lot younger. How do I do that? You're going to have to later, offline, you're going to have to explain me how you pull that off. Chiropractic <laughs> um, uh, lifestyle, so, baby. <laughs> uh, there's, two diff- there's two separate issues. So there's that lens, right? Like that lens yeah. that the ciliary muscle reshapes. As we get older which we're not yet, but when we do, that lens hardens a little bit. It could be diet, it could be lifestyle, it could just be whatever, but it does. So we tend to lose near vision 
a little bit, right? And for the most part, it's something you don't need like reading glasses for. Like if you have a book, small print, dark room, you start having to move it further from your from your eyes to be able to see it because the the muscle can't shape the lenses effectively. Right. In general, I recommend for that, don't get reading glasses unless you really need them. Instead, just address the lighting, right? Like address your environment whenever possible. Because once you get into reading glasses, your the muscle doesn't have to shape the lens and then the lens hardens even more and then you become dependent on the reading glasses. So totally. that's for close-up and that's age, right? Like, Around this time, you may notice that when you hold things really close, that the vision is not perfect. Maybe you don't, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't let anybody sell your reading glasses unless you absolutely need them. For distance vision, the main issue is most likely, if you're starting to have this issue now, the more likely thing is a change in lifestyle. The muscle spasm, right? So, so if you're spending more time doing podcast stuff and internet stuff and social media stuff, you're sitting on your phone, screens on more. Your phone. Yeah. On the phone is the, yeah. the closer, the tighter the muscle, right? Like, so laptop right. distance is a lot better than phone distance. More likely that it's a lifestyle thing to address, right? right. Like the, again, the phone's the worst. The more distance, the more relaxed the muscle. And the more you make a habit out of challenging your distance vision when that sign isn't that clear, right? Like blinking at it, trying to see if it clears up. Like, because your eyes have a function in them to, to allow them to clear up slightly blurry things. If you make a habit of that, that'll help. And then go print out an eye chart, for example. Uh, hang it up somewhere, somewhere inside where you're generally around. Mm-hmm. Mark the distance that you can see one of the middle lines, but barely, right? Like it's challenging. Right. For example, just pick a line on there. The idea there being is that the ciliary spasm, it's a way to detect ciliary spasm. So you want to, when your eyes are fully relaxed, you've been on a hike or you've just not spent a lot of time on screens, see what the smallest line is you can read. Pick a distance. Distance doesn't matter. And then spend three hours playing around on your phone and then try to read that same line again. Right. If you can't, muscle spasm, right? And it's a really good basis to go... Okay, so now I'm going to spend some time not looking at screen. How much time do I need before I can read that line again? Right? Like that's, right. the, that's the easiest way to figure out, am I straining that muscle? And the easiest way to figure out how much away time do I need to relax it again? Like mm-hmm. that would be the first step I would take. And then that and challenging distance vision should fix it. And if it doesn't, we can, we can look into more stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just it's just about kind of well, it's a the scientific method, right? Just see how long it takes. It's like we call it the refractory period, right? So after you have to work hard, how long does it take for it to recover? And so uh, you've you've probably found that people who have had like constant like uh, strain where they're straining for a long period of time. Um, well, I, we find that too is that like just even in chiropractic, if a joint doesn't go through a full range of motion within 24 hours, the body starts laying down scar tissue. And the same thing with muscle. Muscle has been really tight for a really long time. It almost starts to stick together. Um, and that's why kind of long-term when people don't move, uh, it takes a long time for them to get that, that tissue moving again. Um, and so you find uh, it takes like not that long, or you said it was about two or three months to be able to see some improvements? Mm, just, just to see a consistent, because it's up and down. Eyesight is not consistently constant once you start paying attention to it. Right? Like right. If, you, 
if you have an insulin spike, your vision might not be as great. If you didn't sleep as well, it's up and down. So give it a few months of adjusting habits, checking the eye chart, maybe less phone, right? Like I try to put as many tasks on a larger screen as possible. If I don't have to check it on my phone, I don't because it's a smaller screen. So for immersion, you need closer distance. Right. And the closer you hold it, the tighter that muscle, the easier that spasm happens, right? So super generally speaking, for me personally, and there's some interesting studies on this, three hours of close-up time, like screen time, ideally you'd get an hour of not that, right? Right. Like outside distance vision would be ideal, but just not a fixed up-close point where the muscle doesn't move would be ideal, right? right? Like if you spend five, six hours without taking any breaks, that little experiment with the, with the eye chart will definitely, you won't read that line, right? right? And just getting yourself to the point, like it takes a little bit of discovery to go, this affects my eyes, right? And lighting too. Like if you have natural light, you're going to see more of the eye chart than if you have artificial light, for example. Right. Oh, that's interesting. You said you said also too, just before to the pre-call, there's some kind of cool tidbits that you had that might be uh, of interest to chiropractors, like as far as posture is related, because we always talk a lot about posture. Lots, man, so much on that topic. So a big problem, contact lens is less than glasses. Glasses absolutely is an issue. You lose your peripheral vision, right? right. So, I mean, that goes from fine motor control to anxiety. The fact that you can't see all the things that go on here is, is drastic as a problem. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of people who said, hey, I feel less anxious when I wear contact lenses and they pay attention because you don't have your visual cortex going alarm, alarm, alarm. Don't know what's going on here. Right? So that's, totally. And contact lenses are a bit of a compromise because corneal thinning, you can look that up on Google Scholar. If you wear contact lenses for 20 years, your cornea might get thinner which doesn't seem to fix itself, right? So contact lens is also not ideal, but especially with glasses. And then glasses have an optical center. So you only get the ideal focal plane that you want looking through the center of the lens, basically. And what happens with that is very subtly, you may notice if you start paying attention, people with glasses talking to other people move different in their social interactions because the eyes are trained to stick in this forward space. So they right. move, right? They move differently than a person. Yeah, they, it's, it's subtle, but it's noticeable enough if you start paying attention. That makes right. your social interactions a little bit off. It's just a tiny bit, but it's enough for people to be like, he seems nerdy, he seems introverted, blah, this, that. A lot of it is this weird fixed thing. Yeah. Other stuff, and I could go on forever, but just as another <laughs> example, is how people walk. When you wear glasses, right, like the thing ends here, you can't see the ground in front of you. So you can't walk straight. You have to look down at the ground, which Mm -hmm. plenty of people do anyway, but you don't really have a choice when you wear glasses. So your posture moving is different, right? Like you're you're looking at the ground in front of you because Mm -hmm. the peripheral vision doesn't sort that out. Same with screens. Like people with glasses really tend to hunch more in the direction of screens. It's there's a ton of effect and I'm not a motion specialist. I'm just noticing these things as I've been in this for so long. That is really helped by either heading towards some contact lens use or ideally getting rid of the myopia problem. 
Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that we, uh, a lot of, uh, we have a whole program called the Vitality Shift for chiropractors and, and we do a full analysis on the first visit based on, on function. And so we're doing a lot of stuff balanced with eyes open and eyes closed. And, uh, and the whole goal is if we have proper movement through our spine, which means still good posture, because in order to, when you have good posture, it loads the facet joints, which really floods your brain with proprioception so that you know where you are in space and anything that prevents you or pushes you forward decreases that proprioception. And then if you're wearing glasses, you're, you're losing your peripheral vision. So you're also losing more information so that the body actually fires more of the stress response, like you said, because you're kind of panicking because your brain is trying to figure out where it is in space and it doesn't have enough information. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that, that's just so um, uh, connected to what we do. It's funny because a lot of our tests we do, we do it with the eyes open and then the eyes closed. And we don't want to have a huge difference between those two. And if people can't balance with their eyes open, that means that their brain's not getting enough information from their environment. And, uh, and that can, like one of the processes could be totally vision or your glasses uh, because you're going to be hunched forward, which kind of starts restricting motion in your spine, which starts restricting information to your brain. So it's kind of a cool cascade. I really, man, I want to stop by and get one of those tests done. <laughs> Just fall by. You're only what you're on the other side of the world, and uh, it yeah, is kind of hard to travel during bit. COVID. But <laughs> and there's lots of, and I won't go too far, but just like for example, I kite surf now, and when I used to wear glasses, I would have told you no way, not because of glasses, but I thought it was clumsy. Yes, I was clumsy. I was clumsy, and when I started kite surfing, I got bullied into it basically. But some of the stuff my body does, I'm kind of shocked. The balance and the ability and the not crashing, there, there really are moments where I'm like, wow, like, wow. And I've, I, I'm attributing this just because I hear similar stories from a lot of other people from, you know, having great vision and having a different relationship to my environment by not being handicapped in some way. Yeah. Well, that's it. And it totally makes sense because if you have, more more vision you have more movement and when you have more movement you have more information and then we have more information your brain and body work better together which is going to increase your coordination and everything you do is going to be smoother so that's pretty pretty cool how that whole thing they all that all just connect so that's uh that's pretty cool yeah and also and this is totally off topic but i'm still going to say it uh, from the movement and things sticking together what you said i started jujitsu about a year ago and before then i could not sleep on my left side I was just unable, like it would hurt after like 15, 20 minutes. And I never did since, I don't know for how many years, like couldn't sleep on my, I can sleep on my left side again, just fine. Like it's, it's so interesting how this movement, the degree of movement is affecting stuff. I'm really interested in all that. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool because that movement is what helps to maintain proper tone, which is exactly what we're talking about with your eyes is that if you're, if you're getting the glasses, you're decreasing your movement, which then creates more stagnation. I, I tease a lot of my patients. I said, you can be, you can either be a scummy pond or a healthy river, right? A scummy pond is stagnant and all, all gross things grow in a scummy pond where you have nice and flow, like good flow, like a river. And then, like I said, mosquitoes can only reproduce in stagnant water. They don't create stagnant water. Right. And so like I always say, everything we want in our bodies, we want to have good flow. And so that would just make sense. The eyes would be exactly the same. So that's pretty cool. It's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, like some of our listeners that like out there would be like, I, I want to get definitely more information. We got a lot of chiropractors that love, love good information. So do you have um, like, how can they reach out to you or how can they get, uh, 
get involved with this group and just kind of learn some more information about what everybody else is doing? So there's a website called endmyopia.org um, that's been around for a very long time. So it is somewhat messy. I've written over 1,200 somewhat articles and, you know, it will take a moment if you visit there to find your way through it. Uh, I always say it's a little bit of a research project. Um, but from there, you can also find a Facebook group that has 20,000 somewhat members. We have a forum that's really large. We have a terrible YouTube channel. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have a wiki. We have all kinds of stuff that, that a lot of it was community sourced. That is really, I think, a good starting point to figure this stuff out. And it'll still take you a few weeks of poking around in there. But if you have any eyesight issues, I, I biasedly think it's a great resource. That's awesome. Well, um, we're getting, getting close to the end of our time here. I want to thank you for staying up late there in, in Bangkok. And, uh, and I'm up early here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And uh, what, just what kind of words of wisdom would you like to leave people with out there in the chiropractic world that might be having some challenges with some vision? I think just exploring a little bit. And, and one of the things that now that you mentioned it, we've fallen into this phone thing somehow. And okay, words of wisdom, questionable wisdom. <laughs> I, I, I've been telling friends we lost the, the, we lost boredom because we can always be entertained by the stupid phone. So I think right. letting yourself get bored to become inspired and creative and doing interesting things is super interesting. And we lose that if you play too much on these things. So I recommend less of the phones. That's awesome. And don't worry, that's just our dog in the background. He barks at just whatever podcast episode that, I, that I'm at. So, well, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And then for everybody out there, um, again, this is just more information to, uh, to help our body function at a higher level in our neuroplasticity model. And so I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And until next time, shift on. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've received value from this episode, please share this with a fellow chiropractor and take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever your favorite place is to listen to podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about our programs and events, please visit www.thevitalityshift.com or connect with me on Facebook. I would love to hear from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out. Oh,